Welcome to the Relational Recovery Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Thompson, joined by my co-host, Austin Hill. Today, we are in part two in our conversation on grief and loss. We hope it's helpful and encouraging. Thanks. But avoidance can be all kinds of things. It can be sex. It can be food. It can be um, television or media. But the, the point is, it's just... If there's a spectrum, there's kind of the facing reality on one side and avoidance on the other side. I mean, do you do you see that as accurate? Is there anything you'd want to add to that? Yeah, I think there's a really helpful, I guess if we're saying so we need to experience or, or sit through or lean into grief, what does it what does that mean? Right. Uh, it doesn't mean we just sit in this like, you know, like dark place and just cry it's grief looks like different things there's a really good um uh it's a it, it I, the name is called it has a specific name but there's like these five stages of grief but it is it's not like a step-by-step process and once i get to the end i'm through it it's a circle and i use the word waves on purpose because they come up fast and they go away or they feel they take you by surprise um And I remember uh, just being able to acknowledge that, like, why am I feeling this is knowing it's like, oh, it's connected to grief. So those things are the grief cycle. It starts with denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. So those five, again, in your grief, while you're grieving something, whether it's when you're hearing this or in the future when something else happens, because things are going to happen. Um, the refuge is not about creating a life for guys or for us where crap never hits the fan and we have this wonderful, you know, rainbow and unicorn life. It's lot, crap's going to hit the fan. It's how we handle it when it does. So in grief, again, it's knowing that you're going to be, you're going to want to deny that it happened. You're going to be incredibly angry that it happened is unfair unjust should not have happened bargaining is like how could we make this never happen again what kind of things do we need to put in place um depression which is just deep sadness feeling overwhelmed and hopeless and then acceptance is is again just like this happened we can't do anything to change the past but we can accept that i'm feeling this this pain right now and it'll slowly subside. And then it happens again. And you go through that cycle again. It doesn't always happen in that chronological order, but it's good to know that like, if you just are really angry for some reason, you're like, well, that usually doesn't make me angry. It's because we're going through grief. So it's just knowing, being able to identify those things and acknowledge them um, in the process of grieving is really helpful. So we're not you know, hurting people as like... <laughs> kind of like if we're going through grief it's not really helpful or beneficial if we're like a a bull in a china factory just like hurting people left and right because we don't know what's going on we're just really sad because if we can name the emotion we're feeling we can we can take it captive and it's really good to catch what it's if you're trying to catch something you need to be able to name it know what it is yeah and, and so there's so you bring up all this and it just makes me think that grief is complicated and it's it nuanced. It's nuanced. And I think that there's this old adage, you know, hurt people, hurt people. Mm. 
And yeah, say, some, say that again. That's important. I mean, there's that old saying that hurt people hurt people. And mm. I think sometimes the the person that we hurt is ourself. And I wonder yeah. if we could just pause there. Cause I think that there's a phenomenon that happens often uh, with, with us, with, you know, I think about my own story. Uh, I think about my experience at the refuge. I think about friends and family, but when people go through seasons of grief and pain, the probability of poor choices kind of heightens. Yeah, it does. Have you noticed that as well? Yeah. I mean, cause it, it's because we are putting all this energy, whether we realize it or not into the like into just dealing with and processing the hurt, which then we become more reactive instead of taking time to respond. Yeah. Because we, we put energy into what is in front of us. We put energy into what is necessary. And when we're grieving, it's our body forcing us, whether we want to or not to deal and manage with pain. Some people are, well, I'm just not going to think about it. Well, that takes effort. It takes energy. And if you're putting all this energy into ignoring something, that means you're losing energy and focus to be able to respond in a healthy way appropriately to other things that are going to happen. Like you're going to have to have conversations with other people when you're grieving. You're going to have to make the same decisions day in and day out when you're grieving. But if you're putting all this energy and ignoring your grief, you're not going to be able to make appropriate healthy choices when the day-to-day normal happens. And that includes how you treat yourself. Like uh, sometimes in grief, it can look like, well, you know what? In order to deal with it, I'm just going to overwork. I'm not going to think about uh, what I need. I'm not going to rest. I'm not going to eat well. Um, that's not helpful, even if you aren't grieving. But grief is a you're able to mask it in some way. So it negatively, if you're not aware that you are going to have to cope with this some way, you'll be surprised how quickly and negatively. Um, it can impact you know, the relationships you have with yourself and others if you ignore it. So trying to ignore it is just creating pain. So there's pain either way. You just get to choose which one you want to deal with. Yeah. It can be hard and seem trite for people that are really grieving, but I think it is worth going here. Um, I've been doing a lot of my own personal work and just figuring out who I am. And that might sound weird, but where I'm going with that is um, when I think about like a purpose statement for my life, the best that I've been able to come up with right now is helping others wake up to what's true and good is like my purpose, uh, helping people wake up to what's true and good. And when you think about pain, I hate pain. <laughs> I'll be honest. I hate pain. <laughs> I wish I never it's had to fun. experience pain. Um the thought of people close to me that I love going through hard things wrenches my heart. But, um, but I also have come to realize that I think pain is one of the greatest teachers that we have. Um, yes. It's in pain that we, we have an opportunity to really learn about ourselves, about others, about the world, about God. And I guess I'm curious and I'll chime in too, but I'm curious, what do you think out of this situation or even just grief and pain in general, what is true and what is good? 
in this, uh, I guess, in this specific situation, what is true and what is good is that no matter what uh, healthy or unhealthy decisions and the consequences that come from them that we make, if we really believe that Jesus is real, he will be able to hold us and handle the choices we make. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Relational Recovery Podcast. We will begin part three in our conversation tomorrow. We'll see you then.